Welcome to another Blind Guy Talks Tech. Today we're talking about editing, editing audio. Sean Priest is with me. Uh, hello, Sean. Hello, Stephen. My favourite topic. I'm excited. Well, you know, we talked about the whole, you know, what different apps are out there to record audio. And we I did thought with would, Chris. Yeah, and yes. I thought, you know, let's let's take it to the next level, right? Because people, <gasps> I know, shocking that we think this um, and we don't wait for someone else to do it. Uh, but no, I thought, you know, maybe we should, you know, take it to the next level and show people how to edit audio. Because look, that's the that's the next step for a lot of people. They may be recording an interview. Maybe it's for a podcast or whatever. Let's say it is. Uh, how do you edit it? How do you create that audio? And uh, you've put together a handy guide, a handy, I say handy, um, mm. you know, it's not quite pocket size. No. How big would a podcast be Please if it were this. physical? Um, <laughs> you can email the show, hello, <laughs> at blindguytalkstech.com. Yeah, I think, I think that's a great question, don't you? No, it isn't. It's a terrible question. A Please, everyone, question. just ignore it. How big would a podcast be <laughs> if it were a real thing? Um, in, in our case, we would hope it'd be the size of a CD, but it would probably be the size of... A small we're boat. St we're still talking about this, are we? We're yes, still... we are, yeah. Anyway, okay. um, yeah, let it go. Maybe, maybe there's something about editing this out <laughs> that we can yes. bring into this. <laughs> if only we knew. Well, Stephen, I, I mean, I'm concentrating on Audacity because it's my editor of choice. I love it. A lot of people are talking about Reaper and those other programs we talked about last time. Mm. But you have recently started with Audacity, haven't you? I did. And when I was talking with this... Um, at the time when we recorded that interview with Chris, I was kind of on the the fence about Audacity. Yes. Yeah, and I was I was on the fence about it because I was so cusp. used to <laughs> not cusp, no, because that suggests I was kind of coming towards you on this one when I was yes. on the fence, which is not a cusp. Okay, cusp of a fence. Okay. Ah well, we're always on that, um, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I was unsure because I was using Adobe Edition 3 and I was, you know, basically just living in denial and realizing at some point I'm going to have to make the move. And I have done over the past few months. I've started using Audacity more. And this podcast has kind of driven me to do that because I thought I need to be able to edit on my own because you're not going to do it. No. Um, I mean, I have asked, but yeah, yes, keeps no. saying, it keeps saying no. And I know it's for my own good. That's why you're doing it. Yeah? <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Rubbish. <laughs> Not because I can't be bothered. Exactly. No, no. Um, but no, I thought, let, okay, let's actually do this. So I decided to get on with it and start learning to use it. And I, I actually enjoy it. The downside is, as is often the case with me, I always manage to, a typical blind thing, I guess, is always walk through the wrong door. <gasps> oh. um, so I started using Audacity on the Mac which isn't particularly uh, accessible. Well, now, it used to be. Yeah. But now, since the M1 Max come along, the, uh, there was, yes, excellent, of course, but there was a screen reader version of Audacity specifically for the Mac, mm. an older version. Um, 2.1.1, I think, wasn't it? Something like that, yeah. yes. But you go to the Audacity website, and it actually tells you if you're using a Mac and a screen reader and voiceover, obviously, then download this version. Now, that doesn't work with the M1 Mac, I've been told, by yourself. No, it doesn't. It won't open it at all. It won't do anything with it. Now, I do have an old Mac that I could put it on. I've got an old uh, Mac Mini, and I've got an old MacBook Air, 
Uh, there's a story about that MacBook Air, but we'll save that for another day. Um, Please do. Because it's kind of funny <laughs> and kind of says all about me, frankly, all at once. Um, <laughs> do, you, do you want to know the story quickly? Will I just tell you the story quickly? Because, you, you, you know, I'm going to forget and I'll never tell you and then I'll feel bad about it. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Okay, no, no, go on. <laughs> so I get this MacBook Air because I want to start ripping CDs and I've decided that I'm going to use the MacBook Air 11-inch, which, by the way, was the best MacBook ever made. I agree. Beautiful. Beautiful machine. Great size for us, because if you don't care about the screen, who cares? Yeah. Um, great machine. Unfortunately, it's not the most powerful these days, and it doesn't obviously run the latest operating system. Um, but I got it because I wanted to uh, rip CDs and put them on my iPod that I bought as well, the iPod Classic. Ridiculous. So yes. Basically, I went back in time uh, for a little bit, and um, yeah, it's been fun. Well, not really, because the MacBook Air has never really come out of the cupboard since I got it. And the iPod hasn't really come out the drawer. So it's not really worked in the way I aimed it to, to go. No, no. But you thought about it. But I did. It was the thought yeah. that, that counts. But actually, this could spin the other way because I could put Audacity, the old version, on there, and that would work. But then that means I'm using another machine. And the whole thing here is, yes, I could use a PC. Yes, I could use an older Mac. But I'm trying to use the one machine. Why can't I use one bloody machine for everything? <laughs> Why is it so difficult? You're asking for the moon on a stick. It's impossible. Clearly. No, Audacity has changed quite a lot. In the, um, the the major update was version three, and uh, as far as I know, that worked fine. It, it did away with the need for the screen reader version. But since you've been using Audacity, there are I wouldn't say it's not accessible at all, right? But if you're using no. multi-track, mm -hmm. um, it's not telling you the status of the track that you're on. If you if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's fine. But basically. That is a big deal when it comes to accessibility. You need to know, is this turned on or off? And it doesn't tell you that. Mm. So, yeah, I'm hoping it's going to get fixed. And look, there you can work around it, I suppose. But it's it just it's a bit feeling around in the dark, isn't it? It, 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 it makes <laughs> like it harder than it blind. should be. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, and it's the same amount of accidents and disasters that come with it. Um, yes. But it's... The thing about it is, I actually find Audacity quite enjoyable to use on the Mac. Um, I'm sure it would be the same on the PC, in fairness. I mean, it would obviously be better because I'd get more oh, information. Beautiful on the PC. It is gorgeous. Well, I, I can see me going back to the PC for a bit until this is resolved because I, now I'm into it. I'm starting to realise what I could potentially do with it. And it's funny how this works, isn't it? Because I remember you and I talked about this, and we've had lots of private conversations about this. We, we've often said we should just record every chat we have because pretty much every conversation we have is an episode of this show. Yes. Um, and, and this conversation was very much it, where I was saying to you, you know, I love Adobe Edition because I've I've really got to hang with it. I know how it works. I don't know if I'll, I'll get to that comfort level with Audacity. And, of course, then I did. And then what happens? You then want to do more with it. And yeah. I'm at that point where I can do single-track editing fine. But, you know, anything beyond that is just guesswork. I mean, today I had to add a second track and move some audio around, and it was literally feeling in the dark, hoping that the right track was selected because I had no idea if it was or, or wasn't. Um, yeah. So it's all those kind of things. I, you know, and I know you're going to get into all that in more detail, and you, you are going to be focusing on the accessible version on the PC. I am, yes. But all the things, all the techniques and the keyboard shortcuts, to a degree, obviously, are are the same. So... Yeah, I mean, if you're using it on Mac and you're making do, it'll be absolutely fine. You'll be able to follow it through. It's just some of the feedback that you'll get from the Mac version at the moment, currently, mm. hopefully this will change, is going to be less, which, as I said, can be annoying. 
Well, let's get into it. Uh, and we will say, uh, if you are at this point listening, you might want to hit pause, go get yourself a drink, go yes. get yourself a computer, <laughs> uh, you know, even download Audacity on the PC and maybe play along here. Uh, but certainly get yourself a drink, and maybe something to eat, um, you know, and maybe some snacks to go with it. Because I don't know about you, but, you know, if I, if I have a snack, I, I need something after my snack. What are you saying? Are you saying this is like, it's not going to the cinema. This is an hour and a half feature film. No, no, I know, but but it's equally as exciting and it has as many twists and turns, I'm sure. Oh, thank you. Beautiful. So, yeah, but uh, we'll see. But, you know, it just, just it's a bit longer than our usual episode. So just strap in and it's going to be great. <laughs> Uh, and enjoy. Yeah, no, absolutely enjoy it. And uh, I'll let you take it away, Sean. So it's maybe kick off by sort of showing us around the app. Okay, let's go. The Audacity interface. Of course, we have a standard menu bar right at the very top, which you access by hitting the Alt key. But besides that, there's three main parts. At the top of the screen, we have the toolbar. In the middle, taking up most of the screen, is the track view area. And at the bottom, a selection toolbar. Pressing Ctrl and F6 will jump you between these three areas, but you always start in the track view area. It's here where any audio you're working with will be displayed. Visually, the audio is displayed as a waveform running from the left of the screen to the right of the screen. And it's here where you do any of your editing or recording. Anyway, let's take a look at these different areas. I'm going to press Ctrl F6 now and it will jump me down to the selection toolbar at the bottom of the screen. Project rate, HZ, combo box collapsed. There you go. Now that we're here, we can just press the tab key to go through all the options in this area. Snap to combo box off collapsed. And tab again. Audio position 00H05M18.585S. And so on, you get the idea. Now the selection toolbar, which is what this area is called, is used, surprisingly enough, mainly for selecting audio. But to be honest, I never use this toolbar. I ignore it, it doesn't exist. There's other and easier ways to select audio. So let's move on. Control F6 to jump up to the toolbar at the top. Pause button. So here we are in the main toolbar. And as you heard, the first item was the pause button. Again, to move through all the items here, just use the tab key. But again, just like any toolbar in any program when it comes to us as screen reader users, the majority of the functions and items up here we can access using keyboard shortcuts. So you really don't need to spend much time here. Now, with that said, there are a few items here which are important and you should know about. So let's take a look. If we hit the tab key about 12 times, I think we'll come to this. Recording volume slider 100. And next to it. Playback volume slider 100. If you find that when you do record something, the volume is too low or too high, obviously you should adjust the recording level here. And the same for playback. To adjust these sliders, just use the left or right arrow keys. Anyway, if we keep tabbing on, eventually we'll come to this next set of controls. Audio host MME, recording device line in, Cirrus Logic CS4206B. Recording channels 2, stereo, recording channels. Playback device headphones, Cirrus Logic CS4206. Now these controls are really important because they tell Audacity how you want to record or play back your audio. If, for example, you want to use a USB microphone to record, then make sure it's selected under the recording devices. And if you want to record in stereo or mono, you can change that under audio channels. And obviously the same for playback devices. Now, if you're unsure about any of these settings, then just go with the defaults and see if they work. 
to be honest, it's the recording device that you're probably going to be most interested in. So let's get to actually doing something in Audacity. First things first, let's jump back to the track view. Remember, control F6. And firstly, let's try recording something. Okay, you're going to love this. To record something, simply press the letter R. I know, how simple is that? When you finish, just press the space bar to stop. So let's give it a go. I'm going to hit R to start. Testing, testing, one, two, one, two, testing, one, two. <laughs> okay, space to stop. And that's it. We've now recorded something. To listen back to the recording, just press the space bar again. You can think of the space bar as your play or your stop button. So when I press the space bar now, the next thing you're going to hear is the recording playing back. Testing, testing, one, two, one, two, testing, one, two. <laughs> okay, space to stop. And there it was. That was my recording. While you are recording, you could also use the letter P to pause. Press it again to resume recording. And again, when you've finished, press the spacebar to stop. Also, as a quick tip, if you want to double check that you are actually recording, use the command that's in your screen reader that will read the status bar of a window. So for example, with NVDA, if I press caps lock, shift and end. Recording. Disk space remaining for recording, 62 hours and 20 minutes. It's really handy and believe me, there's nothing worse than talking for an hour only to realise you forgot to press record. What? Yes, I'm looking at you, Stephen Scott. <laughs> anyway, obviously there's a bit more to it than that, but that's the basics of recording. But what if you've already got an audio file that you want to open up in Audacity? Well, it's easy. You can either use the menu bar by pressing the Alt key, then navigating to File, and then Open, or far easier, just press Control and O. This will open the default file browsing dialog box for your system, and using that, just navigate through to find the audio file you want to open. It's as simple as that. Once you've opened the file, it will appear in the track view area. I've got one here I've already opened from Stephen. And again, to play back the file, just press the spacebar. Tune in to Double Tap Canada, Thursdays <clears throat> at 7pm Eastern on AMI-audio. Oh, he's got a voice like golden syrup. Beautiful. So there you go. Now you know the Audacity interface, you know how to record vocals, and you know how to open files. Whew, okay, still with me? Bored yet? No? Good. And even if you are, too bad, because we're going to carry on. Let's run through playback and how you actually move through the audio. So we've got some audio in Audacity, either by recording or opening a file. As I've already said, to start playback, you just hit the spacebar. And to stop it, hit the spacebar again. What's happening on the screen visually when you're playing back audio is that there's a line, or a cursor if you will, running along that waveform, showing you exactly where it is in the audio file. It's actually called the playhead, but let's just call it the cursor. Now, when you record something or open a file, that cursor will always be at the beginning of the audio on the far left. So when you hit the spacebar, playback starts from there. But what's important to remember is that when you press the spacebar again to stop playback, the cursor doesn't stop and stay at its current position, instead it jumps back to where it started from. So when you hit space again, playback will start from that position instead of where you actually stopped it. Does that make sense? 
Tune in to Double Tap Canada. Thursdays. So I've stopped playback by hitting the spacebar and the cursor has now jumped back to the beginning of the file where it originally started from. So when I hit space again, tune in to Double Tap Canada. It doesn't resume playback from where I stopped it just before he coughs. Instead, it plays from the beginning. Got it? Good. Now, why should you care? Well, the thing I'm trying to get across here is the importance of the cursor. Even though we can't see it visually on the screen, it's important to visualize it in your head. It just makes it easier to understand how this all works. If you want playback to resume from wherever you stop it, instead of pressing spacebar to stop, press the letter X. This will stop the playback, but it also leaves that cursor in its current position. And that current position becomes the new start position. Think of it like a pause button instead of a stop button. I'll show you. So let's press spacebar again to start playback. But this time, after he says the word Thursdays, I'm going to press the letter X to stop instead of spacebar. Tune in to Double Tap Canada. Thursdays. I've hit X, the playback stopped, and the cursor has also remained where it is. Now when I press the spacebar... <clears throat> at 7pm Eastern on AMI-audio. There we go! Easy! Now we can also move that cursor by using the left or right arrow keys. So when the audio isn't playing, if I tap the left arrow a few times or hold it down for a few seconds, the cursor will move towards the left, towards the beginning of the audio. So in this case, it will move back towards the word Thursdays. So hold the left arrow for a couple of seconds, and now if I press the spacebar... Thursdays <clears throat> at 7pm Eastern on AMI-audio. You can hear that the cursor has moved back and the starting position is now in the middle of the word Thursdays instead of after it. If you want to jump backwards and forwards through the audio in bigger jumps, then press the shift and greater than or less than arrow keys, also known as the full stop and comma keys. These jump the cursor through the audio in 15 second intervals. Now remember I said that this is when the audio isn't playing. And when you move the cursor and the audio isn't playing, wherever you move the cursor to becomes the new start position, where playback or whatever will start from. If you use the same keys while the audio is playing, the cursor will still move through the audio, a bit like fast forward or rewind, but when you stop playback, the cursor will always jump back to where it started from. Unless, of course, you press the letter X. Okay, take a breath, because boosh, I know, it feels like it's blowing your mind. It does sound confusing. Really, don't worry too much about it. As with anything, the more you use it, the more comfortable and familiar it feels. Okay, we're nearly done. Well, with playback at least. But there is one more thing I want to tell you that I use all the time, it's really important, and that's the left square bracket. It's the key just to the right of the letter P on your keyboard. Pressing the left square bracket while audio is playing back will mark that position as the new start position. But it won't stop playback. Playback will continue on. But more on this in a minute. If you press the left square bracket when audio isn't playing back, you'll get a dialog box. This will tell you the current time of where the cursor is in the audio. So something like 3 minutes 15 seconds or whatever. Now, this is useful for a couple of reasons. Firstly, obviously, so I know how far into the audio I am. And secondly, using the left, right, up and down arrow keys, I can adjust that time in the dialog box. 
and when I press enter, the cursor will jump directly to whatever time I set it to. So imagine I've got a recording that's an hour long and I want to jump to the halfway point. Instead of skipping all the way through the audio, I can just press the left square bracket, enter 30 minutes into that dialog box, press enter, and bang, the cursor starts there. It's really useful, but the way that you set the time is a little bit fiddly, as I said, use the left and right and up and down arrow keys. But trust me, you'll use this all the time. Okay, we got through it. Well done, everyone. Now, let's move on to how to clean up and edit audio. Shh, okay, come closer, because I'm going to give you the dirty little secret about audio editing. At least when it comes to Audacity, but I'm pretty sure it applies to most of the other ones as well. Here it is. The best way to approach audio editing is to think of it as nearly exactly the same as editing a text document, as you would in Word or Notepad or TextEdit or whatever. In fact, specifically, it's like editing a line of text because we're working from left to right. If you want to jump to the beginning, press the home key. Jump to the end, press the end key. To move through it, just use the arrow keys. And if you want to cut something, copy something, paste something, delete something, change something, add an effect to something, then firstly, you need to select it. And you even use the same keyboard shortcuts, such as Control-C to copy, Control-V to paste, Control-X to cut. See? It's easy, and if you think of it that way, it all starts to feel a little bit more familiar, a little bit more comfortable. Anyway, now you know the secret, let's get editing. So we have our audio in the track view area. Now if I arrow up or down, track one selected row. It tells me I'm on track one, and the bring noise tells me that I can't go any further up or down. There's only one track. It also told me that track one was selected. Now to avoid confusion, I like to call this enabled instead of selected. If I press enter on a track, it will toggle between enabled or disabled, or as it says, selected or unselected. When a track is enabled, it means you can make changes to it. If it's disabled, then you can't do anything to that track. So what's the point of this? Well, if you're working with just one track or audio file, then none really. You'll always want that track enabled so you can make edits on it. But Audacity is also a multi-track editor, which means you can work on multiple files at once. So for example, when I'm editing the radio show, I've got a track with Steven's vocals, another one with Mark's vocals, another one with my vocals, and then another track for the music. So in that case, I use the up and down arrow keys to move through the various tracks. And if I want to edit something on Mark's track, I make sure that's enabled disable all the others and make the edit there. And that way, I'm only editing Mark's vocals, no one else's. Okay, let's get back to Steven's audio, which is track one. Oh, and another quick tip. You can name a track whatever you want. So instead of track one, I could call this Steven. To do this, press shift and the letter M, and this will bring up a track menu. There's lots of options here, and one of them is name. Hit enter on that, then just type whatever you want to call the track. Anyway, there's an obvious edit I need to do to Steven's audio. We need to get rid of that cough. So how do we do it? Well, the first thing we need to do is select the audio we want to change. And when it comes to making a selection, just like in text editing, it's all about cursor position. 
Ah, now you know why I spent so much time in playback. Ah, it all makes sense, you know. So there's a few different ways to make a selection. But let's stay in the text editing theme and select by using the shift and left or right arrow. So the first thing we need to do is get that cursor in the right position. I need the cursor's start position to be just before Stephen clears his throat. We could get there in a few different ways. We could use the left or right arrow keys or the shift greater than less than arrow keys to skip through the audio. Or we could press the letter X just before the cough to stop the cursor there. Or we could use the left square bracket. However, whatever way you do it, it doesn't matter as long as you get it in the right position. Now, I've got my cursor's start position just before the cough, if I press spacebar. <clears throat> At 7pm Eastern on AMI-audio. Sounds about right. Now, just like in text editing, yes, I know I keep saying it. If I hold the shift key down while I move the cursor using the left or right arrow keys, it's also selecting audio. So if I hold shift and hold the right arrow down for a few seconds, one, two, three, four, and let go. Now when I press the space bar, it will play just the audio that's been selected. Ooh, nearly, but not quite enough, so just repeat it. Shift and the right arrow. I can either hold down the right arrow or I can keep tapping it, it doesn't matter. Here we go again, shift right arrow. One, two, three, four, and let go, and space. <coughs> At and this time I've selected too much. I actually did that on purpose, honest. Just so I could show you how to shrink a selection. So to move the end of the selection back, I'm going to hold control, shift, and left arrow. One, two, let go, space. <clears throat> ah, perfect. I can also adjust the start of the selection in the same way. If I held shift and left arrow, I would move the start of the selection further to the left. So it would start to select the word Thursdays. To move the start of the selection further to the right and towards the cough again, I would press Control, Shift, and the right arrow. Anyway, using the Shift and Left and Right arrow keys to make a selection is great. And it's fantastic for smaller edits, you know, if you want to edit just a word or even syllables, then it's perfect. But there is another way, and it's probably the way that I use the most. And that's by using the left square bracket, remember that one, and the right square bracket, which is next to the left square bracket on your keyboard. As I mentioned during the playback segment, the left square bracket will place the cursor wherever you want, and that becomes the start point. But you can also use the right square bracket, and that will mark an end point. And when you set an end point, all the audio between the two positions is selected. So let's say the audio is playing back. If I press the left square bracket and then the right square bracket, a selection is created and the playback just carries on. If I press the left or right square bracket while the audio isn't playing back, then we get the time dialog boxes popping up and we can enter a time for the start point and in the case of the right bracket, a time for the end point. Anyway, look, let's just try it out and I'll show you what I mean. So first thing we need to do is get rid of the selection I just made. To get rid of a selection, just move the cursor. So we could press the left arrow or the right arrow, or what I'm going to do is press the home key to jump to the beginning of Stephen's audio. So let's try to select that cough again. This time I'm going to hit space to start the playback. And then just before Stephen clears his throat, I'm going to press the left square bracket. 
And then when he's finished coughing, I'm going to press the right square bracket. Here we go. Space. Tune in to Double Tap Canada. Comes. Thursdays. Left. <clears throat> right. At 7 p.m. Eastern on AMI-audio. And spacebar to stop. I think I did okay there. Again, whenever you make a selection, pressing spacebar just plays back whatever it is you selected. So let's take a listen. <clears throat> oh, pretty much spot on. <clears throat> That's enough of that. So actually, that was pretty good. But let's say I got my timings wrong. I hit the left square bracket or the right square bracket either too early or too late. Well, I can adjust the selection in exactly the same way as I showed you just before. I can move the end of the selection further out or further in with shift right arrow or control shift left arrow, or I can move the start of the selection either way with shift left arrow or control shift right arrow. Using the square brackets to select audio means you can easily and quickly select a large amount of audio. But to be honest, besides that, when I'm actually doing an edit, I just find it easier to use this method. I'm listening through the audio, I find something that I want to change, I'll hit the shift less than to jump back 15 seconds. And when I know what I want to select is coming up, I will use the left and right square brackets. Anywho, however you make your selection, once you have made it, you can do anything you like with it. You could press Ctrl C to copy it to the clipboard, Ctrl X to cut it to the clipboard, Ctrl V to paste it somewhere else. You could press the Alt key and jump up to the effects menu at the top and add some reverb to it or whatever effect you wanted. Or you could just press the backspace key to delete it, which is what I want to do in this case. But before we do any of that, let's make sure that the selection is right. To preview what it would sound like if I deleted that selection, I can press the letter C. And what this does is play the audio just before the selection and just after it. So just like I've pressed the backspace key and deleted it. So let's do that now. C. Double tap Canada. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Perfect. That sounds okay to me. So let's do it. Let's hit the backspace key to delete that selected audio. And when you do this, the selection obviously disappears. And the cursor stays where the start of that selection was. So if I hit space now, it would play back from where Stephen says 7pm Eastern. But let's listen to the whole thing. So I'm going to hit the home key to jump the cursor right back to the start. And let's play it back. Tune in to Double Tap Canada. Thursdays at 7pm Eastern on AMI-audio. Boosh! Beautiful! <sighs> okay, so as I said before, I know it sounds confusing and it is a little difficult to explain, but once you get used to it, once you do it a few times, you'll be fine. When it comes to selecting audio, one of the most difficult things when you can't see the screen is obviously knowing how much audio you're actually selecting when you're pressing the left or right arrow keys. Again, it's something you do sort of get a feel for the more you do it. The secret is lots of previewing with the C key or space to play back your current selection. And if it's not quite right, adjust it a little bit more and preview it again. Now, with that being said, there is something that does affect how much audio is grabbed every time you tap that arrow key or hold it down for one second. And that's the zoom level. I know, sounds strange. Zoom level, we're not looking at the screen. Why should it matter? Well, it does. Let's say you open an audio file that's an hour long. Audacity will try and fit as much of that waveform, as much of that audio onto one screen as it can. And to do that, it needs to zoom out from that waveform, meaning that the audio is more squashed together. Now remember, this doesn't affect how it sounds, but how the waveform looks 
on the screen. Now that you're zoomed out, every time you tap the left or right arrow key to move that cursor, it's going to jump through more of that audio. And likewise, if you zoom into the waveform, it will move through less of that audio. So if you need to do a really small, a really fine, intricate edit, you would zoom in, allowing you to select smaller slices of the audio and therefore be more precise. To zoom into a waveform, press Control 1. And to zoom out, Control 3. Usually I never need to zoom in or out any more than two or three times. But you can reset the zoom level to default by pressing Control 2. And actually, I say you should do this every time you open a file or record some audio. Always press Control 2 to make sure the zoom level is set to standard or normal. Wow, that went on for a long time, didn't it? Man, I've got a boring voice. Anyway, that's about it for selecting and editing the audio. But what do you do now? Ah, oh, yes, I'm afraid there's still more, but not much. So we've recorded the audio, we've edited it, that doesn't sound right, edited it, we've made changes to it, and we're happy with the results. So all we need to do now is save it, right? Whoa, no, not quite. If you just hit Ctrl and S now to save, what you'll actually be saving is the Audacity project, not an audio file such as an MP3 or WAV. So for example, if I press Ctrl S now, I will get a save file dialog box open up and I can type Stevens audio and hit enter. But that file it saves isn't an audio file. I can't play it in any media player or anything like that. The file it saves is an Audacity project called stevensaudio.aup3. Catchy. If later on I want to come back to this and make other edits or other changes, I can simply open up stevensaudio.aup3 and when I do, Audacity will start with all the tracks, all the audio in the project. To make an actual audio file out of your project, you need to export. To do this, press the Alt key to go up to the menu, File and Export. There's a sub-menu there and you can export as MP3, WAV and lots of other formats as well. Simply give it a name, hit Enter and it will start exporting. When you export a file, sometimes you will get a tag dialog box. In here you can enter things like artist name, track number, album, you know the sort of thing. To be honest, I don't bother with this, I just hit escape to get rid of it. And that is about it. Well, of course it's not, there's a lot more to it than that, but this is more than enough to get you started. But luckily enough, Audacity has an amazing manual. Honestly, it's one of the best I've seen. And not only that, it's really screen reader friendly. And I don't just mean that it's accessible by us using a screen reader, I mean it specifically mentions screen readers in the manual. It's great! Check it out in the help menu in the menu bar. Anyway, that's it. Well done for getting through all of this. And don't forget, you will be frustrated, you will get confused, you will get annoyed. But don't beat yourself up about it because we all go through it. But you will get there. It just takes time. Believe me, I know, it's taken me hours to create this. Anyway, give it a go, because... Wow, Sean, that was an incredible demonstration. And uh, seriously, I mean mm. that. I mean, I know normally I would kid around and say something yes. silly like, you know, <laughs> that was great, you know, for a child. Um, yes. But no, I'm not going to so do that today. 
Uh, Are you that, sure? No, no, genuinely, that was brilliant. And I think that's going to help a lot of people just get the sense of how Audacity works. Um, and that's the whole point of this, right? It was just a, an introduction to, there's obviously a hell of a lot more you can do with it, but I just think it's going to be really exciting for people to get into editing. And if we can help them do that, then that's great. When I say we, of course, I mean you, because I didn't do <laughs> yes, anything. Well, of course, <laughs> the idea being that someone can record stuff for us and send it to us, which would be amazing. Um, so but, selfish. Yeah, I know, absolutely. And the idea is, whenever you open a new app, it's all that I have no idea what what to do now. Mm -hmm. I don't know where to start, you know. And it's just it's just pointing you in the right direction, which hopefully this did. Yeah. Well, you can tell us your thoughts about it, and uh, do suggest more work for Sean because I'm all for that. I am all yes, yes, for please. that. Uh, hello at blindguytalkstech.com. That's our email address. You can call us as well on our, as you know, popular number. Um, which people seem to enjoy singing the number rather than actually calling it, leaving as a voicemail. Uh, yes. 0204 5713354. Yeah, we still need to oh. work on that, don't we? It's, it's not quite... <laughs> I'll edit that. It'll yeah. sound good in the edit. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, we didn't edit that. Um, <laughs> that was the best we could do with that, I'm afraid. <laughs> Uh, listen, we'll catch you again soon. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, do remember and uh, tell 10 of your friends, because if you tell 10 of your friends to tell 10 of their friends to tell mm. 10 of their friends to tell 10 of their yeah. friends about mm. Blind Guy Talks Tech, we will get 50 new listeners guaranteed. And that's maths. I don't think that's correct. And I don't have 10 friends, but try it anyway. Okay. Tell somebody. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. You can tell us your thoughts by emailing hello at blindguytalkstech.com. You can call and leave a voicemail on 0204 571 3354. And all feedback will be read out on the weekend edition, which comes out every Friday on the podcast feed. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you again next time. <laughs>